Jeremy, we're here. This train is about to leave the station. How are you now? <laughs> oh boy. There you go. I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a mess thinking about today. I'm just telling you straight <laughs> up. How are you doing, my friend? I'm the same. So uh let's get let's just we have to get right into it because I feel like we're gonna talk forever today and for good reasons. Uh I am JT, I'm Millennial, Jeremy, Gen X. We like movies and stuff. Today we're talking about the most influential 1990s movie characters but like how would you describe it like how did you approach how they influence like the zeitgeist culture what what are you where are you at so i wrote top five characters from the 90s with lasting gen x cultural impact as my grounding sort of statement of what i was thinking about got it i tried as much as i could to not um not do anything that's too dated. In other words, if it was really hot for like the summer of 93 and then sort of disappeared, I didn't think that counted. But I also am giving some slack to things that maybe lost cultural relevance just in the last like two, five years. So I, I tried as much for like things that I felt we still think about, talk about, quote, discuss. Quotability is definitely high in this mix of stuff, though. I will say that. Yeah, I, this is uh, this is one of those times where I, I like I almost text you during the week to be like, I think you should bring the spreadsheet back because I think this would have been an interesting weighting of the spreadsheet because I wound up in the same place. So I didn't have the Gen X, obviously, because I'm a millennial. Uh, it just happens that my list is very millennial driven because the early 90s, with a couple exceptions, don't mean as much to me. Now, the fun thing in very classic JT fashion, I have 15 movies right now and characters, and I don't have any of them in any order because I don't know yet. Like, mm. I, I have a couple where I like, I have a floating seven, which is like, these are the ones that are the biggest, I think, mm-hmm. but subject to change because I don't know. I could make an argument for any one of the ones on my list with a couple exceptions. Yeah, yeah, that that's cool. Now I'm a 25 plus this backup list of eight more, and which which I'm going to actually bring to the front of our conversation in just a second here. But I got these main 25, of which I've sort of forced 15 into today's conversation. That I think tomorrow I could have re like I could have might as well just used a random random randomizer or something because. It's too hard. It's 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 hard, man. It's hard. It's just a tricky, tricky thing. I, yeah, I, I I imagine that this week was going to be harder for you. So I, I've I have a I don't have my actual backup list, but I like I narrowed it down to fifteen. I think I had twenty something. It wasn't twenty five. It was like twenty two or twenty three. And then I kind of struck them because for the same reason you said, I I grounded in a lot of late nineties stuff where I was like. Ooh, this was like a summer of my life, but it didn't really get a lot past that. Whereas there's other right. ones that like, with the exception of cancel culture, which I don't mean that in a negative way, but just sort of like the sensitivity level that we have now, a lot of this stuff is like, in the past like five to eight years is like out of the window. <laughs> that's that's right. And and I tried to figure out just sort of, so I, I basically sort of um, um, tried to average out the 90s because there's stuff at like the end of the 90s that I think is still highly culturally relevant and there's stuff from the beginning of the 90s that might have lost itself in the mid 90s so everything i picked i felt had to at least escape the 90s it had to have enough escape velocity is that a thing for zeitgeist i don't know it's it's cultural relevance rocket ship had to had to get outside of escape velocity in the 90s it could have faded in the 2010s and i'm okay with that because i think I'm, i'm still comfortable talking about those but it, it's a bit of a mess. The thing I want to talk about first, though, JT, if I, if I may. Please. This is going to be another one of those episodes where I realize, like, shame on Hollywood. Because, and, and I'm saying this as, yes, I'm a guy and I was in college and early work area in the 90s. But shame on Hollywood for the incredible lack of, like, really, really great women characters in the 90s. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's not to say there were there. I mean, we we know we, we we talk about this topic a lot. There's phenomenal actresses, and a lot of the parts were actually really really good, but not necessarily the same level, right? 
I'm going to give you an example of someone that I think is probably not on your list uh, because you were six when the movie came out, and I doubt that it's that it's. Uh, uh, maybe you've rewatched. Maybe you've watched it since. Have you ever seen? So is that okay? I'm just going to sort of take this one off. So this is an example. This isn't in my list, but in a way, I think the way they do movies today, this would have made a version today. And so the movie is Basic Instinct. Sure. And it's Sharon Sharon Stone's character. Sure. Right. Today we get movies like Gone Girl. With uh, where where Pike really had the chance to develop the character, and and she was just like, I mean, it's a crazy movie. If you haven't seen it, we'll talk about what goes on. But it's it's crazy, and a character like that is like sticks with you. Whereas Sharon Stone's character was huge. I mean, that that movie was amazing as its cultural relevance for a few years, uh, and across some boundaries and all that. But it also, you know, there's there's a lot of stories that Sharon was not on board with what actually happened in in the movie, and was not apparently was not aware that that would be the final final print and things like that. Uh, and also, I I don't think they made her a character that really had longevity, right? It was almost like a fad of a character. Yeah. And so I'm just going to end this little segment with shame on you, Hollywood, for not getting your act together until the past like decade or so. Yeah, I uh, yes, I agree. Also, um, diversity in general was hard. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, 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 I've, got, I've got some of them for sure, but like, it's probably easier for me than it is for you because the back half of the '90s is when it started to sort of, sort of come around a little bit. Still not anywhere near where it needed to be or where it should be today, but it started to like at least make a little bit of a turn left. Versus right. like early '90s, man was still pretty whitewashed. Like. <laughs> Oh yeah, I, I I actually did a thing where I'm like, okay, this is way too many sort of twenty something, thirty something white guys in my yeah. list, and and again, I just sort of I couldn't fix it very well. Like there just weren't enough movies in my wheelhouse uh, that that I felt where the characters really stayed with with it long enough, and and it really um, it was really disappointing in a way, but I like all my other picks anyway, so I think we'll move into the fun part of the episode. Yeah, it'll listen. It's it's fun, and you know, again, the time was the time, and we're not here to make reference to anything other than making this as much fun as possible. So, without further ado, uh, let's get straight to the Shawshank. Jeremy, do you have a category defining '90s cultural influence person? I do, and I don't. I I, I really struggled on this to make something a Shawshank here. And I don't think I, I'm going to go for it. I think I'm going to keep it just in my regular list. But uh, I had a contender. So I had two contenders and really waffled. And funny, one of them is probably in my top five and one of them isn't. But I was like, the Jay Leno fly. And <laughs> eventually just landed on, no, you know what? It's like, it's so specific to who you are as a person as to the impact they had culturally that I was like, nah, I'm not comfortable making anybody the real, real category to fire. Yeah, I, I think that's about right. I think if this had been an 80s one, we probably would have had category definers. But by the 90s is when we started seeing more genre diversification and more splintering around pop culture. So Mostly agreed. Mostly agreed. Uh, I'll have cool. one that will will is in my top five that, that I'll I'll tell you about when we get to it. Perfect. Well, with that said, Jeremy, you are first this week. Take it away with your very first option. This is a long pause only because I keep looking at these top five and I'm like, I kind of do. I want to reorder one more time, like right now. I've never done this, folks. I've never been like so waffling on the list before. All right, I'm gonna have to go in order of. Uh, my current, you know, Thursday, 2.30 p.m. C- confidence in this list. So that's okay. that's where we'll start. My first pick will be from 1990, kicking off the decade. All right. And this is my Kuda Shawshanked, and, and you'll see why when, when I get to it. The cast of the movie included John Hurd and John Candy. Okay. Para Johns. And I will say... Made us avoid stingy aftershave. So Kevin McAllister. Kevin McAllister from Home Alone. He was on my dump list. He was on the like, maybe want to, maybe not. But I came into it late. Go ahead. I totally respect this already. Go on. I I was torn. So this was my Shawshank contender. I was torn with the question of, is Kevin McAllister sort of the most iconic 
character of the 19 of the pantheon of 1990 mo- 1990s movies? And I think the answer is probably yes. I, I think the reason I'd say that is because not only does it appeal to my generation, it basically every generation, maybe not the boomers, I don't know about them, but every generation loves uh, loves Kevin McAllister. Boomers just think of him as like a little uh, a criminal or something. I don't know. Yeah, what, he's Dennis the Menace. There you go. <laughs> and you know, you you. I mean, it was such a character that it practically drove him out of acting. Right. Yeah. It was that big. It was that big a role. And the movie was obviously a huge financial success. Everybody saw it. Everybody still sees it, etc. So you know. Kevin's my boy. I don't know what to say. What, what, what do you have on, on Mr. Mr. McAllister? So here's why I kicked him out. Um, iconic, yes. Cultural impact is where I struggled because I was like, what about my life? Like, I didn't throw marbles at people more. Uh, I didn't ride around in limos at, and, and stay at Trump's hotel. Like, like, nothing that he actually did impacted for me anyway, the like my everyday life, like that was sort of the lens that right. I tried to take is like, okay, who really impacted the way people acted? Now, as far as if we were doing iconic, zero, zero argument. I think Kevin McAllister, not just like us, like globally is probably the most, the single most recognizable character with one exception potentially of the 1990s. Like, I, th- I just think he's sort of like, is it, but I don't, you know, he was a kid. Like he was kind of a snot nosed little kid who, you know, should have just called the cops. So like I, for that, like, I just, I don't feel like he impacted a lot of things. You know, it, it's funny you say that because there was a version of this list where this was all the way back out of the, the, the tops at all for those kind of reasons. But I sort of reached this other level with, with Kevin in particular, where I didn't feel it had to have, I mean, there's some quotability to this all, but I think the, the impact was there in the sense of, you couldn't, there were all sorts of things that happened after this character, after this movie in particular, where you would just go in your head to be like, oh, that's, that's like from Home Alone. And that's like, oh, that's a Kevin thing, right? Whether it's the sure. putting on the movie, the, uh, the, uh, the what's, not the way to like get a load out of me. What was the, <laughs> that's a different movie. No, um, it's not a real movie. It's a fake movie. It's a movie they made right. just for that. But yes, that, uh, yeah, yeah. But like, the, oh, the, filthy the, the you filthy animal, right? The filthy <laughs> yeah. animal. Like, there's so many little vignettes and bits about that that make your head go straight to Kevin, including I would say there's probably a lot of a lot of people who think about shaving and have done the uh, the the hands to the cheeks thing. You know what I mean? Every boy who has ever put aftershave on and had it sting has had a Kevin McAllister moment. Hard stop. Right. And, and even recently, like I had a burn on my finger and I put the wrong lotion on it and it was stinging. And I was like, I was like, ah, I didn't, you know, I can't, yeah. I can't scream. I was more of like an Arnold and Total Recall scream. But, you, know, <laughs> you know where I was trying to go. <laughs> Get to the chopper. Um, so there you go. Kevin McAllister, take it away from here, JT. All right. So I, just because you started there, I'm basically just going to go off of whatever you do at this point because oh, I, have boy. No, I have no plan. <laughs> And it's, I want to be clear. It's not that I didn't have a plan. It's that I couldn't, I, I don't know. It's like I have, I just like all of them. So I'm going to go with March of 1999, which I think probably might already give it away. And to be as hard as possible, I'll give you Matt Doran and Gloria Foster. Yeah, I got this. Okay. I, I, the Gloria Foster was definitely the, the giveaway here. I sure. Joey. This is in my pong, by the way. I have this with Joey Pants. Love Joey Pants. By the way, we need to do some homework when we're off the off this uh, episode, my friend. I went looking up. You know that he got into like a car accident uh, in 2020. No. I went looking. Yeah, yeah. He got into a pretty bad like head trauma kind of thing. I haven't seen any news updates on the man since then. There was like one post that he's doing fine and recuperating, but I hope Mr. Pants is doing okay wherever he is. Hey, listen, everyone who listens, go find out if Joey Pants is okay and let us know on Instagram or Twitter immediately. We need to know. It's important. Thank you. Public uh, so, service announcement. There you go. So my five words for this were brought leather and conspiracy and conspiracy mainstream. This is Neo from the Matrix. My five words were made us question eating utensils. There, it's good. That's also very good. Yeah, there is no spoon. That's great. Uh, so the reason I went Neo is because I would argue 
so much of this movie made its way into popular culture and unpopular culture, which was really interesting. Mm. Like, I think like this is one of those weird movies that's sort of like it didn't matter what table you sat at in high school. You had an opinion on the Matrix and it kind of changed the way you did things a little bit. And so this is the one where was this was very close to Shawshank for me. Like very interesting. Close. Uh, it's the end of the nineties. It clearly falls into the millennial thing because it's like literally the very end of the nineties. I mean, they just released a new one. I haven't seen it yet. I've heard reasonable things. I heard it was about what you would expect it to be, which is about as much as you can ask after what happened in the second and the third one specifically. The witch. (laughs) Oh, right. Right. They made sequels. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but I think the thing with, and you know, Neo in particular, there's a, you know, I'm not going to do a deep dive on the Matrix. There's a whole podcast dedicated to that. Whether it's the leather or the stupid glasses or the, you know, the the bending of time or the understanding of becoming the one, there's just all these things that sort of like ran through in other TV shows and other movies and just like people's personality. Like I know some people whose personalities changed dramatically after this movie. Like dramatically. Started wearing dusters all the time. Yeah, just weird stuff, man. And like, it was fine, right? And it's right. it was like, for a period, like for longer than I would have expected, it was kind of still okay. <laughs> like everybody went, oh yeah, he's still in the Matrix phase. It's like, it's 2012. We've got to stop. Like, it's time to stop. So I had a note here that, that makes us ask the question, which of the following do you think was more, more iconic? Is it, I know Kung Fu, or... Mr. Anderson. Oh, Mr. Anderson. Definitely that. I So I have this sub note and I have this for a few of the choices that I'll, I'll even that of my own where I, I ponder was Agent Smith actually the most, the biggest character of this movie in, in a, in a character cultural presence kind of way. Like how many times have you done the Mr. Anderson with a friend? A lot. And like, a lot. right. Yeah. I think the most iconic moment is actually unspoken. It's Morpheus and the get over here sign, right? That he right. does with his hands, sure. like that scene. And Morpheus with the stupid no glass, like <laughs> the, the the glasses thing, like the amount of kids that walked around with those for a couple of years. I was like, oh, geez, come on, please stop this. Uh, but yeah, that's interesting. I do think, yeah, Mr. Ant, that, that one is has stayed with me. I still say right. it all the time. Yeah. Right. We say that like sometimes, it. sometimes you'll have a, there is no spoon. You'll have a, you'll have some of the other quotes show up, but that, that definitely feels to me like the one that popped. Yeah. For me, there is no spoon happens at least once a quarter when I make cereal and sit down and forget one. And then right. out loud, we'll say to myself, Oh, there is no spoon. <laughs> uh-huh. All right. I'm going to go now to one of the least debatable characters for i i would say my entire generation to some degree your generation but probably probably a little less so for you and a little more so for me but still present for both of us movies from 1996 okay again cast is hard not to do a giveaway so i'm not going to be too tricky but i will give you ron livingston and heather graham okay i think i know what this is what's your final for fun Made us compliment friends financially. Yeah, so I said stories of grizzlies and hares. There you go. This is Swingers. The character is Trent. And uh, for me, it was the You're So Money, which was so big. I I would say within two weeks of this movie coming out, everybody, every guy between the age of 20 and 25, you know, maybe 30, I don't know, was – was saying you're so money. You're so money was the thing. It was so big. And for this movie to have actually been, I mean, this was an indie movie. We shouldn't be even talking about it. I can name dozens of movies from the 90s that you've never heard of, of the same budget, the same dot, 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 the same sort of clever indie shtick that never broke out the way Swinger somehow did. And I think Trent is that character, even though Mikey's the protagonist and, we're, and, and is sort of our audience surrogate and we're supposed to relate to him the most. Trent's the one that you're just your eyes are glued to, even when he's being a jerk and treating Mike badly and doing doing his shtick. You just can't help watching him, whether he wants to make a little ninety nine number ninety nine head bleed or or any of the other you know tell tell Stoop Dog to step up, whatever he's doing. Yeah, you know that's the one you want to hear. You wanted to hear Trent from that movie. 
This is this is in my fast five under the guise of I know how big of a deal this was. It made it to me in the late nineties because like the, the first time you see swingers, you also leave going, but you're so muddy, baby. Like you can't like it also introduced by the way, it also introduced baby to like to my whole generation. Like that's not a oh. thing that we called each other. And then all of a oh, sudden we didn't either. Like, right. We didn't right. either. That's yeah. that's everybody. So uh but I kind of knew there there's two in particular that I have earmarked, which is like this is going to be Jeremy's and I know that they're there and I can talk to them because they were that big of a deal and they made it that deep. This is, this was number one where I was like, I know how big of a deal this was. I was 11 when this movie came out. I appreciated it by the time I was like in my, like maybe 13, 14. And then I've seen it since like 70 times. So and you're all grown up and you're all grown up and you're all grown up. Yeah. I, listen, I still, me and a very good friend of mine, like every once in a while, we'll still do the, you're a bear. You got these claws. Like you just have to just break into Vince Vaughn once in a while. You have to. It's a great movie and a great pick. Thank you much. Moving on. Okay. Let's go to the first dumb one. Um, Cause we all know that I'm going to have some dumb ones. So let's go with November 20th of 1997. Uh, I'm trying to think it's tough. Let's do Elizabeth Hurley and Seth Green. Sure. Or Will Ferrell. Sure. Both of those work. Charles Napier, Paul Dillon, whatever you want. Pick who you want. Robert Wagner. (laughs) Uh, My my five words for this were made a digit meaningful. Made a digit. Yeah, a oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah. I wrote uh, "Made us follow the rules." Sure. Okay. So okay. I I'm going with Doctor Evil. I can make it. I can make an argument for him or Austin Powers. I'm basically just saying Mike Myers here. <laughs> so it's funny you did Doctor Evil. I was doing uh, I was doing Austin Powers, and mine was the Behave. Thing. Yeah. Oh, Behave. behave you know, yeah, and, it's good. And all all of the rest of the stuff. But you're picking Doctor Evil. I think that's an interesting. Let's have a little tete uh, tete on this one. So here's why I think, so first of all, I'm 12. <laughs> I, I mean, this movie is everything. This is everything, right. right? It's, it's silly. It makes no sense. It's gross. Like it, there's, there's like the, you know, it, there's like age appropriate cursing and shenanigans. It's perfect. Like this is a perfect 12 year old movie. I could not have been born for a better time for this. The reason I went Dr. Evil is because, the shtick that he has with literally every single character is so strong, right? Austin Powers shtick is just, shtick. it's, it's, it's a single thing, Like, Yeah, baby. Like, sure. That happened. But like the whole thing with, Oh, Scotty, Scotty. And then mini me. And then the whole finger and the billion and the preparation, like every, yeah. Like so much of that became normalized that like, I, I, I remember vividly remember younger siblings of our friends doing bit from that, not knowing what it was from because that's how often it occurred in their house. Mm. I, you know, I, I'm already, I, I'm, I'm, I don't do this very often, but I'm, 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 I'm switching camps. I'm fully agreeing. Dr. Evil's far hey. bigger because I think that like you still do the $1 million every time, you know, every time. Like there's also like, I know I've recently done the, you know, get with the program, like all, all of the yeah. information, information would have been helpful, you know, all that kind of stuff still there. So I think uh, I, I hadn't considered it. I regret that. And I agree, sir. This is a big day for me because I very rarely move you off of your, of your Island. Like this is a big deal. I'm, I'm in, I'm in shock right now. It's well done. You, you've done well. Thank you. I should stop right now. It's going to get so Maybe. much worse from here, but go ahead. <laughs> We just end the episode and the show. <laughs> the whole thing was a quest to see how many episodes it would take. Right. And now we are done. Moving We're done. on. Thanks, everybody. Back to our new podcast. <laughs> it's been the a good time. Hi-Fi Top 6. Um, <laughs> I'm so glad I prepped for a lot of different entries here because i'm gonna completely switch everything around at this point the the more we're talking about some of these the more i'm realizing that some of the other ones just aren't aren't as right as i was feeling the first time so here we go this is going to be tricky i've picked one character but i actually have two others in fact three from the same movie three more from this same movie that could have been the one 
Mm. And it's not Neo, obviously. 1994. Okay. Two of the actors who are not in that top four are Tim Roth and Eric Stoltz. Oh, okay. Not happening movie-wise, but I know who both of them are, which is helpful. So the five words will be for the first person, but I can actually do it for each of the others. But the my my the one that I think was my go-to, I have made us reprioritize reprioritize our pride. Okay, so I think you said this is ninety-four. Yeah. Would you like a second character? No. I kind of want to do it. Okay, go ahead. Made us. Eat cheeseburgers differently. Okay, so, okay. Next one? Sure. Made us want cool wallets. <laughs> okay. So I have in my Fast Five as a combination, Jules and Vincent. So the movie is Pulp Fiction. Sure. And I'll tell you what I wrote down was I thought Marcellus Wallace. Okay. Sure. There was something about his character that I felt ground like he's the rug of this movie, if you will. He he pulls all of the other characters together in so many ways. That was so beautiful. That was so beautiful. He's the rug of this movie. If we don't have t-shirts that say that soon, I'm going to be so sad. That's great. Please continue. And should we get like a throw rug with Ving Rhames face on it? Like has to. Hand in? Yeah. Absolutely have to. <laughs> By the way, the fourth one is Mia. Mia Wallace, Uma Thurman's character. Sure. I just felt that she was... She might have actually been the most interesting character in the movie, but to my point earlier, she's also just sort of a vehicle for the story to move along as opposed to... You know what I mean? For sure. not enough there. Whereas Marcellus Wallace, like, if you were in the mid-90s not talking about pride and and what you should do with it... uh, you know, that was the thing. And yes, we talked about Cheeseburger Royale and, you know, Ezekiel and all the other path. Actually, the path of the righteous, et cetera, quote. I must have I had that full, full cold quotable till this age, apparently. <laughs> Ezekiel, what, 915? The path of the righteous man shall be beset on all sides by the. No, no, I don't even have it. I'll have to go look it's it up. Still pretty good. The wicked. Righteous. Righteous? Wicked? Righteous. Something. I think it's righteous. I mean, those words are definitely in the Bible somewhere. For sure. <laughs> so you had the combo of Vince and Jules. Yeah. So my so the reason, and again, this is not the other one that I was talking about that I thought would be yours, but this one for me was sort of like just that's, I don't know, it sort of introduced the Tarantino vibe. It introduced that like 70s swagger and it became like okay to be that, right? Like from hairstyles to bolos to all the stuff that like is, is very much referential for him that he's like, you know, he's pointing to the things that he loved in in previous cinema. It like became a thing. And I remember people like, like even young when it came out, like older brothers and of siblings and stuff would show up and I'd be like, why do you, you don't wear suits? Like just, you know, weird stuff. And it was like, Oh, okay. It's because of the stupid movie. I can't see. And then I saw the movie and I was like, I also want to wear a suit. (laughs) Right. And like for a while, by the way, with this entry, I had Vince uh, John Travolta's character as my as the one for most of my thinking this past week. Sure. And then it just sort of, I, I again sort of faded out a little bit to be like, I know we like to quote him, but he definitely wasn't like he wasn't the most badass of the movie. That was a t- toss up between Bing Rames and and Samuel Jackson and Jules. Yeah. Yeah, and then. You know, I felt like what which has really lasted the longest, which has stayed with me. And and at the end of the day, there's just something about the menacingness of uh, Marcellus Wallace. Again, had great quotes throughout, but that we hadn't seen sort of that thug boss gangster type of character as much. Like I was, you know, there's again, it's a hard topic to go through because other movies I want to reference right now might be in your list. Um but I think he was sort of that first, almost like the Kingpin was in the Daredevil series, right? And you didn't really have someone quite like that on on film in that way. So that that's where I went to. But again, if we did this tomorrow, I might easily pick Jules, right? Because yeah, he was amazing. Just the the, the soul glow hair and everything oh. was so so beautiful. Yeah, the thing for me, the reason that 
I, I had them both, but it was Jules and Vincent as a subscript. And the reason is, is because partially because of the, the Ezekiel thing, like that's, I think one of the most like iconic moments of the nineties in film. Also the wallet I think is huge. Uh, but the, the main reason was just like the smoothness that is Samuel L. Jackson in that. I don't know. He just, I mean, even though Vincent technically from a meme and gif standpoint, GIF rather, sorry, like, you know, the Travolta in the room wondering what's going on culturally is still available to people now. And they don't know what it's from, but it's still around. But right. I, I don't know. I'm trying real hard to be the shepherd, Jer. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> trying real hard. Real hard. Uh, I'm really disappointed in myself for not remembering the Ezekiel quote. It's I mean, not it's a, uh, 19. It's, a it's, it's in the 20s. I think it's, it's 2517. Ezekiel 2517. That feels right, but... Right about now, I'd agree to any four-digit number, so. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, all right. Next for me, let's do, I'm going to do a little bit of a weird one here. Uh, this was March 31st, also 1999. Uh, I'll give you a Andrew Keegan and a Gabriel Union. Um, 99? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have a hunch of what you've got here, but I want to hear your words. Uh, five words are millennial introduction to normcore. All that makes me think of is American Beauty. <laughs> it's not that. <laughs> uh, my, so my thought of where you're going only because is it is it Gabrielle or is it Gabrielle, Gabrielle Union? Union? Yeah. Gabrielle. What did I say? My thought is that you meant. Uh, I think you said Gabriel. Um, or Gabe, I think you said Gabrielle. I don't know. We'll uh, we'll fix that in post, right? Oh nope. no, we won't. No, nope. right. <laughs> so I th I thought you might have been picking Boiler Room. Oh no, Boiler Room got scrapped for me because I love that movie, but it wound up on the on the edit floor because I'm like, nah, that was a summer. It was like a good two years, and then it was kind of over. So I had Boiler Room flagged as a. I think if JT might pick this, and I'm going to push on this as a fad movie that really did have a top moment and was a lot of fun. Yeah. But was on, like I was in a hotel about three months ago and it was on and I was flipping through and I watched a little bit of it and I was like, yeah, I see why I like this, but I also see it actually wasn't all that good. No, it was, it was a totally a moment. It was totally yeah. a moment. No. Yeah. So this one is not a moment. So the movie is 10 things I hate about you. Ah, that's, that's in the, I think one of JT's movies and probably a big deal for him. Yeah. And the character that I went with was Cat Stratford, which is not uh, not the part that I think a lot of people would probably go with. I think most people would go with Patrick with was Heath, Heath Ledger. But the reason I pick Cat is because and this is why I use the Normcore thing. Julia Stiles character in this didn't have a walking down the stairs moment all of a sudden like she kind of was just the smart girl the whole time and then like punched a boy and did all this stuff and was sort of like actually remained relatively true to herself throughout the film, which was not the move during the 90s for most <laughs> female characters. Uh, usually they had to come out like, you know, they came in rough and tumbly and then left a Disney princess. She didn't leave a Disney princess. She left a softer version of herself, a, a better one. But also just that whole movie had huge cultural impact during my high school years and during college because it sort of in a way that a movie that I, I love didn't do, I think it more accurately depicted without turning everything up to 11, the different sort of social, you know, just groups that exist. And I think a lot of like a lot of lexicon came from that movie. A lot of fashion came out of that movie because it was very much like right at that sort of cutting edge of all that. The soundtrack of that movie was very iconic for multiple years. It introduced us to some artists that stayed around probably longer than they should have. So mm. It's definitely a millennial deal. Like this is a hardcore. I'm sure if you even saw this movie when it first came out, you were like, okay, this is not as good as John Hughes. And like, you weren't wrong, but culturally for, for I think kids my age, like if you're anywhere in that sort of like born between 85 and 91 and saw this movie when you were in school, it was like, it was a whole mood. <laughs> Got it. Got it. I still haven't seen this one. I know we've talked about it a couple of times and uh, it sounds like, Sounds like a good pick. I don't know what to say here. <laughs> well, here's what I'll say. I've told you, like, you know how much I love Can't Hardly Wait. Can't Hardly Wait right. doesn't belong here because it was like, you either got that movie or you didn't. Everybody my age saw 10 Things I Hate About You and walked out thinking that they were talking to them. 
every single person. Right. That's your breakfast club. That's our breakfast club. Yeah. That's yeah. It. Right. And and had this been in the 80s, this they would there's you know, the uh John what's his last name? Oh boy. Gunner, not Gunner. Something like that. From uh Breakfast Club. You know, the tough guy. His character oh. named John. Oh, uh, Oh no. Liking. Why is this happening to me too? Keep talking. It'll come to me eventually. Why can't uh, this is why I should never improvise on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> or I should improvise without trying to name things. Right. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Oh, I'm, I'm dreading the ne- I only have a couple of picks left. I'm dreading this. I'm already feeling pressure of friends and family who are going to be glaring at me when I don't do some of the ones that I'm sure I'm supposed to do. But I've got one here that I feel was also on my on my verge of a Shawshankness as to its massive impact as a character. Okay. So I think, yeah, I think I'm going to go with this. 1991. Ooh, okay. Scott Glenn and Anthony Heald, H-E-A-L-D. E. You'd Not recognize him if you saw him. He's a... Uh, He's a, one of these guys who always plays characters that get under your, get under your skin a little bit. Okay. Made us rethink fava beans. Okay. Well, so that's so two things. One, did you intentionally use the "get under your skin" quote just now, or did that just happen no, naturally? No, it just kind of <laughs> happened. Yeah, yeah. Because because as soon as I was like, I hope he doesn't Google it. Because if you Google him, this is the movie that's probably going to come up for him. No, no. Um, well, obviously, this has to be Silence of the Lambs, but I wasn't going to correct. Like, I did not know that until the fava beans. But now they get under your skins. Would have been a really good. That's a really good like gesture too. <laughs> there you go. And this is another case where for a second I was like, "What about Clarice? Clarice was a big deal, right?" And Clarice is a perfect example, actually, of a great woman character, not as culturally significant because Hannibal Lecter. I mean. There, yeah. there was part of me that said that, like, I almost wanted to do the Kevin and Hannibal back to back as like, like the sweetest and the evilest two characters of the '90s. Both came out at the, at the beginning of the of the decade, which is kind of cool. But Hannibal's one of those things that I think not. I mean, there's lots of quotables. Like, if you, people still do the fava beans and Chianti thing. Yep, there's lots of that. <laughs> Others as well, but also just that imagery of him. If you're doing anything about pop culture in the 90s you will see a picture of him wearing that mask hands down yep every in, time. in the in the straight jacket with the whole thing absolutely every time and in fact i think it is often in the greatest characters of all time list and etc sure. because he's a phenomenal character and hopkins did such a great job with him agreed so i don't really have a ton to say because he you know the quote he, like he's not a fun quoter he's kind of a kind of you know icky quoter but he, and, and he's not like, he's not a Trent. He doesn't belong. He's not a Jules. He's none of those kind of characters. But his significance, I think, is sort of indisputable in a way. It was so big. Yeah, yeah, I have no arguments at all. This one just didn't, it didn't dawn on me, to be honest. Like, I, I think if you had told me this was a late 80s movie, I probably wouldn't have believed you because it feels like the 90s. But yeah, it just didn't, didn't come to me. It's, good, it's a great pick. Thanks, man. All right. Hannibal Lecter it is. Hannibal Lecter. I am trying so hard. I haven't looked it up. I want to figure out his last name so bad. It's driving me nuts. John Nelson's character? Yes. Why can't, like, why is this happening? It's Winger. Is it? No, no, no. Winger's from Stripes. Winger's That's from stri- Stripes. I was just saying, no, it's not. You mess with the bill, you get the horns. Duh, 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 duh. Ringer? Could it be Ringer? No, I don't think it's an Inger anything. Anyway, we'll get back to it. All right. My next one, April 26th, 1995. Um, Kind of a hard cast without giving it away, I think. Let's do Anthony Johnson and Regina King. I'm going to assume you're going with Friday here. Yeah. So uh, make unexpected days off fun, smoky. I, I know we've Chris talked Tucker, about Chris Tucker, right? Yeah, just Chris Tucker. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I mean, just Chris Tucker. Like, basically, without sounding, I don't know, maybe this, I hope this doesn't get me in trouble, but whatever. Like, Friday introduced white people into black culture. And it's just, like, 
was awesome. It was like, oh my God, like all, now all of a sudden, like all these other references that I, you didn't understand in music or you didn't understand in other standup and stuff was like, it was like, oh, okay, cool. We're part now. We get to be a part of it. And yep. it's just, everything made more sense after this. And Smokey is like, I reference Smokey at least once a quarter in my, in my life, at least, at least. Still, I think I think you're right. I think if if and look, there's a lot of people who probably saw Friday didn't care for it, etc. Bender, Bender, it just came to me. Bender, Bender is correct. Okay, keep going. Sorry, <laughs> no, that was good. It was really good. Uh, I think you know there are people who don't like the movie, of course, and for sure. them, therefore, this is nothing. I think if you like this movie more than a little bit, if you like it enough that you've rewatched it two or more times, I think what you're saying is indisputable. I think it's like one of those, if, if it hit that threshold for you, you are probably, I mean, look, people quote by Felicia without even knowing what it's from. Thank you. Right. Right. Yep. yep. Like, and, but I told you that, I think we talked about this once in the cast before. I think I, I told you that when I first started hearing by Felicia, I didn't actually realize that it was the movie quote. Sure. I was like, Oh, where'd that come from? And then I went in urban dictionary. I'm like, Oh, that movie? Because I didn't realize how big the movie actually was. Well, yeah, I mean, it was it's so out of context. I mean, this is one of my potentially, I mean, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, one of my favorite movies of all time. Like, I can quote far too much of this movie. So, like, I caught it pretty quickly. But, like, out of context, it doesn't make sense. Right, right. Like, you wouldn't see, that, that wasn't a line from the movie that everybody walked away from the actual movie from. It was years later where it became a thing. Whereas, like, if all of a sudden somebody said, you got knocked up, you'd be like, yeah, okay, that's from Friday. <laughs> what you going to do, build a clubhouse? Yeah. Big perm. I mean, big worm. It's so good. I love Smokey. So good. So good. It's a good choice. <laughs> Smokey's a good character. He's the best. Um, all right. I only have one more, I guess, officially for this top list. Sure. I kind of don't want to do this guy anymore because we've talked about something by him. This one's a little too late. Little to this, little to that. All right, <laughs> I'm going to the one that I'm going to get yelled at, but I don't care. This will be my biggest selection of the of the list from 1993. Okay, cast includes Samuel L. Jackson and Wayne Knight. Wayne Knight and Samuel L. Jackson. Die Hard with a Vengeance. Okay, keep going. I don't know. Made us experts in amber. Made us experts in Amber. Amber. 1993. Wayne, okay. Jurassic Park. But who? Jeff Goldblum? The (laughs) T-Rex. It made people like dinosaurs. I love this. I believe that the T-Rex in Jurassic Park did two things. One, it made us start saying T-Rex, which nobody ever said before Jurassic Park. Even in the book Jurassic Park, it was a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Right. All 80s kids who read their dinosaur books and crafted their pop-out construction, you know, cardboard thingies to make dinosaurs and played dinosaurs and did all the dinosaur-y things. We all knew how to say Tyrannosaurus. So the first impact it had is it changed the name of a dinosaur in pop culture, which I think is pretty significant. So it's not small. And the second thing it did is just opened our eyes to, uh, like, I think this created modern, whether it's monster movies or just big honking special effects things, it was transformative. And I think the impact is still here. We're still seeing Jurassic Park movies, unfortunately. And, <laughs> I mean, not one has been good since the first. Not one. And oh, I will, I I will fight you on this. I don't mind them. I think they're fine. They're sixes. They're like soft sixes. Who cares? They're fine. That's a D. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but you're, like, if given the choice, would you ever rewatch any Jurassic Park sequel? No. Right. So that's all I'm saying. I'm just saying. Um, but I think that the the character also, though, was like, I think we wouldn't have had Colin Mockery doing T-Rexes in Whose Line Is It Anyway if it weren't sure. for, 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 uh, for this. I think speaking there's of, so speaking many of the other 90s, places. Speaking of the 90s, right? wine restaurants, go ahead. So I, I decided that I wanted to have the T-Rex from Jurassic Park as one of the most influential characters of the 90s. It's inarguable. It's an inarguable pick. It's a great pick. I love it. That's such a Jeremy. I'm so happy with that. 
I, I got to flag this for the future favorite picks of the year because I'm going to forget about it. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah, you should put a, like a, put a star next to that in your little spreadsheet or whatever you use. Uh, all right, my next one, I'm really torn um, because I have two that, you know, I have a couple that belong there. Oh, God. I don't know. Uh, fine, whatever. So July 19th, 1995. You know, it's funny you've got 95. I, I only have one movie in all of my lists that was from 95. Everything else was from some other year. It was the weirdest, uh, oh, least common year in my in my lists here. Oh, me too. Me too. No. But I do have one. I do have one. We'll see. I had two. I had Friday too. Friday was 95. Right. All right. Oh, God. I don't know. Dan Hedaya and Wallace Shawn. So close. I had Dan Hedaya and Chaz Palminteri, if we're uh, talking about the same movie. I mean, we have to be. We have to be. Uh, so my five words were introduced canyon creatures to culture. Canyon creatures? What are canyon creatures? Valley girls. <laughs> oh, this is a different movie. Ooh. I know what movie you have. You have This is Cher from Clueless. Sure. Yeah. Cher was on my... So I actually made a list of what I thought were the... Were the most interesting female characters from movies in the, from movies in the nineties. And Cher was smack dab on there with a, I wonder if JT goes here. So here's the thing. I already went Kat Strafford, which is why there's another one that I kind of wanted to put in the top five instead. But I honestly do think that it is inarguable for kids my age that, I mean, literally the, the cadence with which people spoke changed. Like, yeah, I I had heard that I'd read an article about this. We talked about the movie a few weeks ago, and I went and read something. And, and what you're, yeah, I, I read that maybe the same article. Yeah, like on the West Coast, it was already it's like the, it's the equivalent of Visco Girls now. Like it was already happening on the West Coast, but like it all of a sudden there were kids in my school who's I will not say, but I remember them coming in after seeing this movie. Again, we're ten, eleven. They come in and like all of a sudden, like I'm like, you don't sound, you're from New York. Like stop. I'm like, you don't sound like that. But yeah. it, it it did, and it also introduced like. Fashion, like West Coast fashion, which, you know, wasn't happening. Like just so much, the cultural impact of so much of this really resonated for the better part of, I think until basically 10 Things I Hate About You, Can't Hardly Wait, where it was like, oh, okay, we've now left that. That's gone. And now we're moving into this sort of more urban influenced thing. So those two things like really do sort of define middle school and high school for me, right? Like middle school was all clueless stuff and that soundtrack and those those vibes and mighty mighty boss tones and big stupid plaid and colors mm. and then everything sort of turned towards you know 10 things i hate about you which was more like punky you know sublimey all that stuff so it's crazy right thanks it's a good pick i've seen the movie i like it a lot i could t- i totally agree. like i agree with it it wasn't as impactful for me but I, but i've seen the movie probably a half dozen times it's good it's a good pick it's oddly rewatchable because it's oh all, it's fun it's super yeah, fun it's, but it's like one of those things where like if you're like high school movie, you'd be like, oh, okay, usually those have like a two or three watch limit and you go, I've seen it. If that's on still to this day, I'm like, nah, that's it's good. It makes me laugh all the time. Yeah, it's a good choice. Baby Paul. Ryan. All right, let's let's uh, let's hit our next five, the Pong list, and uh, see how else I'll forget to do people I really want to do. Perfect. So now I'll do the ones that I feel like I, 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 I almost regret not having the first list, but you know couldn't put them there. So we'll start off in we'll start off here in 1992. Okay, uh, and I'll just give you made us headbang to Queen. So this is the one that I had marked as Jeremy's got to have this. It definitely hits me that it was cultural, but like not as much because I was too young. But this is Wayne's World, and it's got to be Wayne. That is correct. It's Wayne, and this is the one I wrestled with a second ago instead of the T Rex. But since we had Mr. Myers already, uh, I felt like I could slip him down here, but. There's no part of the 1990s where we weren't talking like Wayne. Somehow, Wayne references were everywhere. I think they still are today. I think Wayne, as a as a, you know, Wayne's world as a thing has faded tremendously. But I think Wayne, the character's impact on like again, my generation, it was pretty pretty high up there. There's no way I I don't make it. You know, every month or two with a swing. There's no way that we don't sure. have some some reference to a gun rack. <laughs> and some of the other bits. It's a really fun movie. Actually, it's 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 up on the list for things we're going to watch with the kids soon because I'm yeah. pretty confident it, it's going to be a fun one. 
Um, but uh, I wanted it higher, but I also sort of felt like Wayne has faded. And when they did that little, uh, there was like a commercial for something, like T-Mobile or something that they did, a little Wayne's World riff that I just, it felt a little tired. And I was like, oh, I didn't want to see that. Yeah, fair. This is one that I thought you would have. So um, yeah, I expected it. It's totally relevant. It lasted a long time. I mean, it was, I mean, it made it to me. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm younger, but like Wayne, because there was a second one, I forget when that came out, I think maybe 94, 95. Like I remember seeing these because they weren't bad, right? There wasn't like a lot of bad stuff. It was pretty Canadian. Like it was kind, but silly and funny. Pretty Canadian. <laughs> well, I'm sorry about that. Why don't you move on? No, I love that. Listen, I love Canadians. You know, I'm that. apologizing. Daryl, that's very Canadian. I get it. Thank now. you. There All right. Go. February 4th, 1994 changed canned fish forever. Canned fish. Something about tuna. Uh, tuna. Bubblebee tuna. Your balls are showing. I'm, 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 what is that? Do you not get Ace Ventura references? What's happening right now? Oh, yeah. I had Ace Ventura in the bottom section of my list only because I really, I, I feel this one's totally lost out. It was in my, this was humongous until about 98 and then it just disappeared. So I think it felt, it feels like longer to me because again, back to like sort of the same thing with like uh, Austin Powers, like nine-year-old JT and all his friends so I, I cannot see a, a thing of Bumblebee Tuna and not go, your balls are showing. Uh, anytime somebody gets hit in the leg, the, ah, 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 like there's like five or six of those that are just permanently etched in my brain. And also, I think set the stage for my expectation of physical comedy for a very, very long time, which is probably more important, which is why I actually have it in here for like cultural impact, because it's just, it's horrible, by the way. Like it's a horrible movie. But it's just so stupid. It's so fun. It's so stupid. It's fun. It's fun. All right. I'm going to stay in comedy land for a bit more. 1996. Made us learn to putt. Oh, happy. Happy Gilmore. That's great. I didn't even think of it, but that's a good one. I I think still Happy Gilmore is very, very still modern day quotable. I think actually... Actually, maybe it should have been Shooter. I think maybe... I I wonder if Shooter has outlived Happy from... you know, like, because because Adam Sandler's obviously gone, whereas was Chris McGavin, like he is shooter, like he's still shooter. That, he's shooter, right? Yeah, like I think did if I you look Chris him up, McGavin, I think he did. Yeah, yeah, Christopher McDonald. Sorry, but I think if you look him up on Cameo, it just says Shooter McGavin. <laughs> probably, probably. <laughs> so yeah, happy, happy. All right, next one, March of '98, had his own opinions, man. Made us vodkas with cream. Yeah, this is so it's really, really stuck between the dude, Walter Sobchak, and even the Jesus. Any one of them, I think, is probably fine. <laughs> I had the toss up between, I, I wrote Lebowski and Walter, is what I, wrote. I Yeah, so I have the dude and Walter Sobchak. I think it's the two of them. Uh, yeah, Big Lebowski. I'm not going to say more. If you don't get it, you wrong, wrong podcast. Yeah, and great choice and, and absolutely on point. Uh, right. Let's do another pick that, again, I think is is sort of interesting in that it's faded a lot, but I think there are still times where this character just sort of pops up in our world in an interesting way. Okay. 1993 made us investigate outhouses, doghouses. Ooh. I don't know. Farmhouses, henhouses. This is Samuel Gerard, the marshal from The Fugitive. Right, I know how much you love this movie, and it's not super remembery for me. I, I know I like it, but... This movie turned Tommy Lee Jones from being sort of an up-and-coming that guy into Tommy Lee Jones. Right. And it's a great movie. I think, again, if, if, if someone says words like henhouse or outhouse or doghouse, I'm pretty sure most Gen Xers will follow up with like, I want an eight-mile perimeter from here to here, you know, all that kind yeah. of stuff. Sure. That or the I didn't kill my wife and the I don't care. I mean, it was so big. So <laughs> right. big. Yeah, that's fair. That's good. Uh, I'll go to 99. Oddly influential soap maker. 
Oh, um, I have for this, I have uh, made this question IKEA shopping. Nice, nice. Yeah, so Tyler Durden, did you go narrow? Tyler Durden. Tyler? Yeah, yeah. So Tyler. I think for me, just a very quick version of this is like it just introduced a whole generation to Chuck and all of his weirdness. And, uh, you know, aside from the, the you know, the, the first rule about Fight Club, there is no Fight Club, which is still, I think, Huge. I mean, huge to every anybody who's a movie watcher. Like that even makes it into boomer territory. I think. Like if you saw this movie, that's a thing that you. That's a quote you kept. Uh, but also, Chuck's a weirdo, and there's lots of stuff and all the crazy bring down the you know bring down the establishment quasi you know anarchy stuff. You know, it's fun. <laughs> you mean like uh, January? Anyhow, moving on. <laughs> January sixth. 2021. Okay. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I have a weird one here. Oh, well, you know what? Let me go to this other sort of semi-safe-ish pick. 1996. Okay. Made us learn to plank. Uh, all I can think of right now is, is Jean-Claude Van Damme. It's not the right thing. Oh, I, I, there was part of me that thought that might be just enough for you to conjure the image. This is Ethan Hunt for Mission Impossible. It's great. Yeah, it's good. Still doing the movies. Sure. We all know who Ethan Hunt is, and yep. uh, and, and all the studs are just iconic. So, Yep. Totally fine. Tom Cruise, it's fine. Uh, let's do <laughs> December of 1994. Brightened tuxedos forever. Brightened tuxedos? Sure. The only, uh, is this Dumb and Dumber? Yeah, so Harry and Lloyd, both of them. The, here's what I'll say made it into the 2000s and then Will Ferrell stepped all over this and they went away but for a long time I do think there was a lot of shtick from that whether it be Jeff Daniels in the bathroom or the here pretty bird you know just like there was a lot of that that sort of stayed around not it was more than just quotable I mean yeah I, I, it influenced comedy a ton but the, I mean that took a hard left turn once basically Apatow and McKay started writing that movie no longer existed that's a fair point. That's fair. Then I believe this is my last of the of the Pong list. Nineteen ninety five made us question the devil. Made us question. <laughs> what year did Constantine come out? I'm just kidding. Um, I don't know. Kaiser Sose from oh, Usual sure. Suspects. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Uh, uh, yeah. Not again. We're in the fast mode here, so not much to say on it, but. It's a good Pong pick. Uh, my last one is July of 99. Uh, creepily comfortable with confection. July of 99? Yep. Creepily comfortable. Oh, oh, is this uh, with con- with confection? Yep. Would pastry also be a, a, be a yeah, word here? Yeah, I was trying to go with the, the C's. I was trying to keep it alliterative. All right. I had, because I think I have a different character, same movie. I have made us aware of MILFs. All right. So you went with, oh, no, wait, wait, wait. Why can't I think of his name right now? Please stop. Stifler. You went with Stifler? I went with Stifler. And you went with Jim? So it was kind of a toss-up between Jim or Michelle, because I think the band camp thing is actually probably more still relevant. Like if I, there's a, there's a, a large, I'd, I'd say a 10 to 15 year window where if somebody says at this one time and pauses, you're going to get camp. Band camp. <laughs> you're still going to get that. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it was a little bit more than that too. Again, like again, sort of the norm core stuff. I don't know. I could, I had both of them. I'm kind of, actually, the more I'm thinking about it, I'm going to go with Michelle. I think that's probably the better answer. All right. I'm sticking with Stifler. I felt that's like great. Stifler was a big deal. Yes. And but also not not as much anymore. So actually, this is fascinating. How many of my picks are gone because between the two of us? So as we Same. do our pong, and then right after pong, I just want to sort of touch on a couple others if we can. So my pong last five will be. Um, I had made us hate alarm clocks. Do you know what that might have been? Uh, that has to be Groundhog Day. Good one, buddy. Good one. Uh, I think that was my last actual where I wrote up five questions for. Oh, no, I have this one also. Made us think about chocolates. About chocolates? Chocolates. Willy Wonk? Forrest Gump. 
Oh, yeah, Life is Like a Box of Chocolates. That's good. I thought about Forrest Gump, but then I was like, great movie, but I couldn't think of cultural impact beyond the whole shrimp, fried shrimp, plain shrimp, shrimp. I think you got that. I think you have Box of Chocolates. I think you also have Run. Run, run Forrest blank. Run. If you've got a friend running and you don't go, if, if I were had to go somewhere fast, you'd be like, Run, Jeremy, Run. Right? Uh, yeah. Like, As you say, and I, this is quickly turning into the most quotable 90s. Uh, I also thought of, that amaze, immediately makes me think of anybody named Jen A who had a hard time for a while in the 90s, probably. Yeah. It, all Jennies are happy to have Karens in their place. Uh, the, the last, I don't have quotes for these, so I'll give you. Now I'll be very personal. Draws from PCU is going to be one oh, of my... Oh, yeah, absolutely. That, but that's a personal pick, and I can't speak for my entire generation for that one. Uh, and with two left to go, man, I'm, I'm out really out of my main list. This is great. <laughs> I'll give you Buzz Lightyear. Sure. Which I would say is still huge. Yep. And I think at this point it's probably got to be... Jerry Maguire is my last. So Maguire was cutting floor for me. I was like, man, the show me the money thing that, that fell into quotable more than cultural. Um, but I mean, we're at the bottom of the list. So I have three more that we didn't touch on two of which I'm surprised you didn't get one that we did. You, you walked all over a bunch of mine. Cause I I'm glad though. That means that I feel like I did a good job tapping into what I thought that actors would like. So one is, um, became archetype for sexy creepiness. From 93. Sexy creepiness. I'm thinking about Cruel Intentions with Sarah Michelle Gellar, but I'm, I'm wrong, I think. Yeah, because that was later than 93. I think that was like 96, 97. So this was David Wooderson from Days and Confused, which is uh, his uh, character. There's all just right, all right, all right. That and the they stay the good same choice. age. Really There's good a bunch choice. of that stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, The other one, I struggled with this one. Um, so July of 91, forever returning, forever enormous. <laughs> Forever returning is the real clue. Forever returning, 91. Nothing. So Terminator 2 Judgment Day, I'll be back. That whole deal. I just felt like I don't know how big Terminator was. I remember Terminator 2 being a huge deal. And just sort of like the whole Arnold I'll be back thing felt like a lot of stuff to me. I sort of it's vague, but I remember it. Oh, all agreed. Other than Terminator as a character originated in the eighties, so that's my only. Yeah, that's right. Like, if you wanted to go with the T one thousand, I might, I might give it to you. Maybe fair. That's fair. Uh, and then lastly is uh, quietly influenced fashion for decades from nineteen ninety three. I don't know if you've even seen this movie, so I'm just going to tell you. It was Justice, which is uh, from Poetic Justice. Uh, mm-hmm. This was Janet Jackson's character, literally fashion. Just so much fashion from that movie basically became normalized after that. Uh, Tupac was in it. Lots of cultural reach there. Soundtracky stuff. I just remember Justice being a thing. But that's Fair it. Everything enough. else we you sort of you, you covered off on all the other ones that I kept. So I'll, t- I'll tell you the last four I had written down that I just I wasn't sure what to do with, but but I felt sort of fit in, but sort of didn't. Uh, Simba from Lion King. Worth it. Like I it. thought Simba was a pretty big deal. Uh, Will Hunting. How about them apples? You know what's so funny? That's another one that I loved. And I was like, I feel like it's more quotable because I the argument was gonna be he made smart sexy, but I don't know if I don't know if that was true because I don't remember. I was too young. There was definitely so, I mean, there's definitely something about it because it was a big deal. I also had Mrs. Doubtfire. I think that was a particularly poignant character. Good and then lastly, I had uh Oh my, I don't remember what the character's name is actually, but Haley Joel, the Sixth Sense Kid. Yeah, sure, Sixth Sense Kid. That's his name. Uh, that should be, right? I mean, I know the uh, Haley Joel Osment, Aiden? but I don't... Was it Aiden something? Mm-hmm. No, there were no Aidens in the 90s. Aiden is a 2012 and beyond kind of name. No, that's not true. Sex in the City had an Aiden, I'm pretty sure, but that still wouldn't have been the 90s. Never mind, I, re- I, I retract my previous statement. <laughs> Aidens didn't even exist back then. <laughs> it wasn't even a thing. Uh, okay, I feel good about I feel good about this. I feel like we I, I think job. we've definitely covered '90s pop culture in a pretty strong way. I feel like this is going to be a rebuttaled episode, and I'm excited for it because I'm sure we missed somebody. We went pretty deep, so I can't imagine we did. But I'm sure there's somebody that we're going to go. Oh yeah, head smack. We probably should have thought of. Yeah, I had. By the way, I had some. My my women's list was like Margie from Fargo. 
you know, loved her. Yeah. I had Julia Roberts from Pretty Woman. Thought like, about there that was one. Some, you know, Thelma and Louise was impactful, though. Again, I will die on this hill that it was a terrible movie, but it had an impact. Like sure. people, it mattered, you know. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I'm disappointed with some of that, but boy, this was a fun group to talk about. It was fun. Like I, I'm interested to, this will be a thing that we revisit in the future about two thousands, I think, because. Well, yeah. It's, it sort of seems like, like maybe it's could be a really good trope. Ezekiel 25, 17, the path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the inequities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. Blessed is he who in the name of charity and goodwill shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness, for he is truly his brother's keeper and the finder of lost children. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers. And you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon thee. Yeah!